This is the Mind Your Business podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mind Your Business podcast. My name's Matt Williams. I'm joined, as ever, by Alan Clark. And what are we talking about today, Alan? So, good afternoon, Matt. Today, we're going to talk about Beyond COVID resurrecting the mission statement. Wow, that sounds a very corporate um, title. I'm looking forward to this one already. So, we started off this, the idea for this podcast came about because you've got two questions that you're asking people around this sort of subject. So, why don't you hit us with the first of those questions and then we'll have a chat. Yeah, and you know, before I do, what's fascinating for me is that you immediately associated the mission statement with corporate. Uh, and, you know, absolutely, we're all brought up in the corporate world. Mission statement was used a lot. It probably is in fashion. It goes out of fashion. It comes back around again. And I'm, I'm really, really curious about it. Um, and I guess what's been coming up for me more and more in, in my work, and it probably is a bit to do with the situation, the pandemic, the shift, um, the pivoting, everything else that's going on, it's really just to connect with two questions. So as, as a business owner or entrepreneur, what the hell am I doing and why should anyone care? I, I think these are two questions that, and I'll say them again, so, so what the hell am I doing and why should anyone care? I think are two questions that every business owner should ask themselves every single day. And for me, there's a huge link between these two questions and the mission statement. I tell you, that's a, a really powerful couple of questions because as soon as you said them, I, I went off in my own mind thinking, what the hell am I doing? And, and, <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because our, our business is all about helping people. Um, you know, traditionally, if you think of an accountancy business, you think that they do tax returns and VAT returns and that kind of stuff. But that's not how I see the role of an accountant. And it's how a lot of modern accountants, how they would see their business. Our, my, our aim is to help our clients have better businesses. And we do that through the clever use of numbers and tax and stuff. But reality is our job, the, the kick that we get out of doing our job is helping other businesses thrive. And that then lends itself to our business thriving. And um, it comes back to, you know, what I remember a, a, a networking event I went to where they did an education slot on when you're buying a drill, what are you actually buying? You're not buying the drill, you're buying the hole in the wall. And that's what you need to you need to sell that the the afters of what you're doing. Right. Um, and I think it, it's interesting that if you. There, there'll be a huge amount of businesses out there that if you ask that question today, the answer you get is very different to the answer you would have got 18 months ago. Um, so if you experienced in your kind of coaching role, have you experienced business owners giving you different answers to this question? Oh, absolutely. So I'm having fun with these two questions now in the this, in this spirit of honesty, uh, when I apply it to myself, I, I do sort of gaze out the window for a little while too because uh, it's questions that we don't um, really ask ourselves that, that often. It came up to me, it was about three weeks ago, I was in a, a coaching session with a client and 
this just came to me like a flash of inspiration. Wherever the conversation was going, these two questions suddenly came into my head. And with a smile on my face, I asked them. And it, it stopped the person in right in the tracks. And I went, I went silent for, gosh, it felt like 10 minutes. It, it clearly wasn't 10 minutes. It felt like 10 minutes. And really, really went deep and, and, and came up with a lot of stuff that um, was actually really critical to, to, to A, the session and B, future direction of the company. And, and it, it surprised the person. The person was surprised when actually um, they had thought X, but these two questions allowed Y, A, C, D to surface, and it was useful. And now the company is, is, is the same company, but, but, but very, very um, focused in a certain space that, that it wasn't necessarily uh, even three weeks ago. And this so it's is not a, just a sorry. It's not just a COVID thing. Then this is a, a very. It's not. It's not over the last twelve months they've pivoted. It's a very, very recent. Pivot. No, the, the, this is something that's been building. Um, the, the, there's been something, a feeling of something missing, um, and and these two questions released it. Now, the reason why I I came up with this title today is because. The mission statement has got, let's be honest, it, it, and I saw by your reaction on the screen as well, it's got um, stigma attached to it. I, I think we've had too many sniggers in the corporate corridors about the mission statement that's on the wall that nobody appear, nobody pays any attention so, to, so and it's meaningless. We had a place I used to work that will remain nameless, we used to have a thing called the Thrive Wheel. And it was it was twenty thousand pounds of, of consultancy. And the end result was a giant wheel that was stuck on the wall that had all these different sections about how we look after our people and you know, we're this type of culture and this type of client and as you know what, no one bought in. The partners at that business bought in for about four weeks and then someone bought it up and it disappeared. That that's my overriding. If you ask me to talk about mission statements, that's what I think of. Now, it's interesting because when we set our business up, we we thought, well, what, what's? But we didn't say, right, well, we need a mission statement. We looked at what do we want? What do we want to be the core building block of our business? And it's this concept of client astonishment, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is our mission statement, but mm -hmm. it's not. We don't. We purposely don't call it our mission statement. And I think. That's the first hurdle we need to get off. Every business has a subconscious mission statement. Whether you're you're happy to label it or not, every if I think of all the clients we work with, I reckon I could have a good go at each one each one on our board and say, This is what their their mission statement's gonna be around this. It's this estate agent and he's all about personal service and being the local estate agent and these guys are premium service and all of that we can do. And I wonder, it's not a conversation I, I would typically have, but I do wonder how many of those have, have changed because the business owner's mindset is just in a different... Every business owner's mindset is different now. I think the pandemic's been very good for sharpening thoughts about their business and about how it interacts with the rest of their life and about where they want to go with it. And um, I think, you, yeah, I think if we actually start asking that question and thinking about 
what your business is there for. So ignore the word mission statement. What's it actually there for? What's it there to do? I think people are thinking about it very differently. Yeah, I I think the, the word mission, I, I, I think mission for me throws up momentum. It, it throws up a, a momentum. I'm thinking mission impossible, uh, that there is movement. So, so the concept of mission statement I like, but it's been wrapped up in, in sniggers and bad leadership and nobody paying attention and, and overpriced consultants. And a and thrive it, wheel. Yeah. And a thrive wheel. And, and I, I, I guarantee you, <laughs> there's a thrive wheel in, in probably the vast majority of British businesses for sure. And it's maybe all come from the same consultant, who knows? But I think it's time, if the mission statement is about momentum, is about purpose, and can answer, what the hell am I doing? And why would anyone care? If it can get that, and, and in, a, in a bigger business, we can use it authentically to engage um, colleagues uh, behind it. Then, then you know what when we're coming out of this pandemic and, and going into the world opening back up ha- having a real sense of of these two questions having a great answer for these two questions and pull together on a, on a, a mission statement that allows you to articulate that really really well I do think offers a, a load of power to the business everyone aligned pulled behind it and not a lot of sniggering going on, you know, it's actually, this is it, this is what we're about. Um, at headline level, and then of course, you can break that down into individuals that their role is fulfilling some aspect of the mission. Uh, but but without that, even, even with an answer to these two questions, um, you've got entrepreneurs developing ideas constantly, 99 of them get thrown in the bin, one of them they run with, but actually are they really answering these two questions? Might be the one I- wrong idea that they're throwing, that they're going with, the other 99. You know, you know it's, I just think there's a lot of um, uh, introspection and usefulness in these two questions and resurrecting the mission statement. And how do you see, so in our, I'm just, again, this is, a lesson in introspection right but our mission statement i'm quite comfortable what it is but we don't it's all subconscious because we don't like the term but we what we are very passionate about is our core values so mm-hmm. we have four core values that that are front and center you know whenever our staff log into our main system the first thing they see is these are our four core you know our values and this is why we do what we do um so how do you how do you fit that that core value into a mission statement is that something do you think that's going to have changed people's values have now changed as well because of you're asking some fantastic uh, questions this is a, definitely in the organizational design space you know when i was growing up um what 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 i learned was mission value purpose you know and there was a difference you, 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 you get really close to your values, the values of yourself, the values of your organization. They tend to, yeah, exactly what that says, it's values, what, what I value um, and, and what the organization values and what the organization values was usually statements like honesty or integrity, um, authenticity, therefore everyone valued the same thing type thing. Um, 
then you've got the purpose. The purpose runs really deep. And, and, and missions, for me, the, the mission statement was something that could be changed Maybe not every year, but 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 maybe every couple of year, that that really reflected what we were bringing our purpose and our values to. What what was the mission of, of the company? You know, but the truth is, there was blurriness between them, and you know, I think I think values probably could be separated more. Um, maybe they're more in the world of of behaviours and things like that. But purpose and mission were the sort of that, and, and, and therefore, then you're in the territory of bad explanations, maybe a bit like this one, and, uh, and it sort of lost a bit of its power. But, but for me, you know, knowing what your values are and, and being able to bring it about of what, these are the values, what we really believe, this is why we're here, and um, that's why people should care. Uh, and this is how we use. This is how we want to use it in the in the world. This is how we want to help our businesses. Um, this is what we're going to do. But for me, what we're going to do is is more in the space of mission. It's like a mission. It's momentum. The way I picture this in my mind is the mission statement and the purpose are very top down. It feels to me like that's something that's made at senior level this is what deciding what we're going to do whereas the value side of things is the bit that the actual team get involved in because they live the values right and if you see this what there are a couple of businesses that do this really well um in fact zero the accounts package that my business loves but zero's team culture is phenomenal and they've built a team that's gone from um you know two people in the uk what 11 years ago to three and a half thousand or whatever it is now they've scaled that on these four pillars of of kind of their their core values and they live it every day and they do every every week you have to nominate another co-worker that's lived one of these values and explain it why and they've just embedded that in so that it's forefront of their mind and the culture of that business and you can speak literally doesn't matter who you speak to at that business they're all like all cut from the same cloth their enthusiasm for what they do is is always the same you never meet someone there that isn't kind of on brand all the time it's very clever how they've done it and they've used their values to completely deliver and their mission i couldn't tell you what their mission statement is but i know what their values are and as a customer actually that says more about i think that says a lot about the way they conduct business right i don't care what their mission statement is i know what their values are and i know their people live it and that, I think that's really useful, and particularly in a leadership, but a leadership in an organisation that values that way. I think that 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 to me links directly into a high performing culture. If everyone's clear on values and buys into the values and wants to literally be the values of that organisation, you start to get a shift in culture. Mission statement. So I'm just I'm listening while you're talking. So the one that springs to mind is Google's, and I think everyone sort of has got Google's mission statement, which I think is to organise the world's knowledge or organise the world's information. I think Absolutely. that is mission. Their mission statement. Now, if you've then got, and I don't know what Google values are, but if you get Google values, every Googler. Is, is buying into, I suspect, innovation, creativity, 
making mistakes. I suspect all that's in the mix that you're buying into and, and your mission is to organise the world's information. And that's pretty potent. They, they could, they, that's you well on the way to be the world's biggest company. Oops, there it is, nearly. So, you know, that, that's, that's it when it's, when it's really well set up. It is. It's interesting you pick Google because I was reading there's a lot of... Um, they've get, been getting a lot of negative press recently because they fired... Um, there's a couple of ladies that were working within their... The, the ethical AI team, right? So they're the people, they're the guards that protect the guards, right? They're there to stop the AI creating terminators, I guess, right? And one of them put a research paper together that, that kind of called out Google on its its lack of ethics within its AI team and got kind of summarily dismissed. And then her number two, who then took to the internal Google website to say, look, this is happening, this is really bad, got summarily dismissed and now there's this this there's a guy I, I read his press release that's basically saying everything's fine we're not creating killer robots etc but yeah it all is not well you would think the culture there would be very progressive and very positive but by all accounts the google of 10 years ago where it, it was young and dynamic and that was the culture that's long gone now and actually there's some and that's a, an exercise in how not to scale a team i guess but there we go so that's fascinating. So that's fascinating. Google has, has grown up. It's now over 20 years old and it's starting to have some value problems and, and some mission problems. I mean, that, that really is, and I'm intrigued by that. But, but you're right, the, the, when it was clean in terms of the mission statement, the values, Wasn't the it energy, don't be evil? That was their, that was, I'm not sure evil. if that was their tagline, but that was, yeah. that was, that but, was the thing, right? Uh-huh. And I think there's a there's a podcast probably we could do in terms of these large corporates that have changed mission statement over the years, as they've as they've gone from you know you look at Apple who were the outsiders the trendy hip kind of challenger brand who are now the brand aren't they right uh -huh. number one brand on the planet so uh -huh. it is interesting but let's go back to your two questions then let's talk about a business that's closed then right so if you've got a business at the moment it's in hospitality or events and you're closed, do you think now is the time to look at your mission statement and potentially your values and your purpose as well? And and can is there is there value to those business owners in, in repurposing their mission statement given that they've been closed for the X amount of time? Yes. I honestly think every business owner would do well or every entrepreneur would do well to ask themselves what the hell am I doing and why should anyone care every day? I, I really do and I'm not being flippant uh, because every time I ask myself that uh, I, I'm actually coming up with different answers to the second one which is why should anyone care which is really helpful it's a cause and effect both ways it's really helpful playing back then to what the hell sh should I be doing or what the hell am I doing? Um, so I think it's uh, it's one of these question, double questions that always, always, always create useful insights. So yeah, if, I, if I'm a hotel that's closed uh, and I've been given a, a, a real sense of clarity around about the 21st of June, then what the hell am I doing and why should people care? 
I, th- I think it's a great question to be asking in, in overdrive now um, in terms of what will my hotel be famous for going forward uh, why would people care about that what about opening day on the 21st what am I going to do why should people care what's the next six months of activities going to look like what, 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 what am I going to do why should people care and the more and more we ask that we, we get our friends which is clarity but, but it's useful it's just very very useful and that becomes the mission statement the mission statement for the rest of 2021 is in many ways an answer to these two questions absolutely I mean it's, it, it ties in a little bit to that there's a, a very good business book called Will It Make the Boat Go Faster mm-hmm. I'm sure you've read this yeah, right yeah. And that if you're every decision you're making when you're reopening your pub or your hotel or your you know wedding venue or whatever it is, hair and beauty salon, it's, it's that will if the decision I'm making today will it make the boat go faster? Does it sit back with my new mission statement? Does it fit with my core values? Will it make people care about my business? Right, because every business I think owner managed businesses particularly at the moment. There's a massive amount of goodwill. We've talked about this on our opening, reopening the high street podcast. If you're running a pub at the moment, you are sat on a gold mine. Now, at the moment, that gold mine is closed, and you know you've got, I'm sure, bills coming in left, right, and centre, and it's it's a struggle. But have you noticed every every conversation about lockdown? Every time Boris stands up, he's talking about the COVID numbers. He's talking about schools, and he's talking about pubs. Like it's like nothing else matters, right? Schools and pubs are the key things. And we've had this press for years and years that the pub is dead and they're, they're dwindling away. Can you imagine the pent-up demand to go and sit in a pub this summer? It is phenomenal. If you're running a pub at the moment, you are what you are, you're sat on a gold mine and you've got to maximise that first six weeks and you've got to go back right to your mission statement. Like you said, why would they care to come to my pub rather than that pub over there what's the difference and it's not going to be just on the quality of the food and the deco it's it's about the you know the independent pub against the the weather spoons right it's a different ball game now and and that's that's the world you're in now that's how covid is going to affect those businesses oh you you you're, you're so right you, you you're so right there's there, there's a uh... There's a huge opportunity for, for pubs to, to go really deep and to create so much goodwill. The heroes of freedom, the heroes of the, of the community, um, feel good moments are back, you know, and, and think through the activity of 21st of June forward for the next six weeks and get into all sorts of, 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 of different stuff, you know, because what am I doing? And why should people care? You're right. Why should people care enough to come into my pub? It's been closed for pretty much 12 months. Uh, so why should people care now just because it's the 21st of June to come in? Well, actually, this is why. Um, it's all over social media. It's all over my locale. But we're doing things differently. We've got a host of events, some talks, some live music. I, I don't know, you know. I think there's a certain football tournament on at that time but um and, and, yeah. and it's an element of just being honest right if it's a if it's a husband and wife own the pub like look make the message out there that you're actually you know we've had no income for 12 months yeah you're you're saving our family here coming to our pub we're not begging we're just this is yeah. the, the actual result of you guys all coming in and having a you know a couple of hours in our pub is makes a massive difference to the family sat behind the pub 
and it doesn't make any difference to that idiot that owns weather am i allowed to say things like that the idiot that owns weather spoons you know what he cares about putting an extra pound in his pocket but it does matter to the owner managed businesses massively so yeah i think it's gonna actually we talked about how covid's affecting the mission statement of the business owners i think there's a separate conversation about not the mission statement but the thought process of the consumers and we talked about this as well on an earlier podcast um but but the buying decisions are different nowadays. You use local, you use independence, because you can clearly see the effect that that has on the local economy compared with, you know, if you use it, you can go to your independent cafe, or you can go to Cafe Nero, which one you're gonna pick. Yeah. So yeah. so there we go. Look, we're, we're bang on 25 minutes, Alan. It's gone Ooh. past um, ultra quickly again. Do you wanna sum us up? Um, and then if there's any final nuggets we can deliver those at the end i will do there's a third question that's just come up for me and it's it's, it's, it's a bit late for that it's a no, bit no, late I'm, for that not, come on. Not, we'll leave it but you've inspired <laughs> you inspired me to do it just with this independent uh, pub versus like a chain for example so the first question is who the hell am i what the hell am i doing and why should anyone care I, I think again, all three answers plays to the mission statement. So in summary, we've talked today about resurrecting the mission statement. We're, we're, we're trying to champion the mission statement as being a useful, um, motivational document that answers the, the, the three questions that, that gives the business owner, entrepreneur, fresh insights, real insights to why ultimately people should care enough to buy the product or use their services um, and, and move it from a document that gathered dust and um, <laughs> um, scepticism uh, in the workplace to something actually that can really serve businesses and ultimately their customers really, really well post-COVID as things are changing again. So that's what we've got into today, Matt. Absolutely. I think if you take anything away, if you're a, a sort of mission statement sceptic, which I think I found out over the course of the last 20-odd minutes that I am, don't try and write a mission statement. Just answer those two questions. What am I doing and why should anyone care? And I think if you do that, you'll get a, what is an approximation of a mission statement, but it's actually more powerful than this kind of, you know... Thrive wheel yeah yeah you don't do not whatever you do once you make your you answer those two questions do not then pay someone to turn it into a three-dimensional kind of circular device and give it a fancy name because it won't work so on that note um what we wish is episode 12 can you believe that we should have opened with this we've done 12 of these so far we're getting phenomenal feedback we're the amount of downloads we've had is is mind-boggling to me that people download and listen to us every week it's great obviously so if you like what you hear please give us a shout out on social media like us on um apple subscribe on spotify you can i believe ask your alexa device to play the mind your business podcast and you'll get to hear us that way too um but that's all for now so for me matt and for my good friend alan we'll see you soon cheerio goodbye Chucking in a cheeky cheerio. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast.